Hopefully I get Josh's music. Uh, I'm going to attempt the impossible. That God says with him all things are possible, right? To those who what? Believe. And so uh, I, I wouldn't attempt this, but I, you know, I won't be preaching for a, a while here. But I started something last week that I feel like that if I did not complete it, would call, it could cause uh, serious problems. And so um, last week I started a, preaching on a word about law, how, learning how to live. And one of the things that we were talking about is law. And if you'll notice uh, on your handouts, you'll see the part one and part two of last week. We go, and they're trying to get up the PowerPoint for me and review. Because last week we were talking about law, because uh, trying to define it. Because just like uh, when I was a kid, I learned how, I, I learned how to fly. We had a, a Cessna 172, and, and I learned how to fly. I did not uh, get a chance to just take off and land, but when they would get it up in the air, I would fly. But part of the thing in learning how to fly is to understand the laws of aerodynamics understand law and like we were saying last week in defining what law is law is not a series of do's and don'ts but law is literally the ordering of how God's established in creation both in the physical realm and also in the spiritual realm and just like uh, understanding the law of gravity is crucial for understanding how to live in this earth you don't jump off high buildings because you understand the law of gravity if you jump off you'll fall or a pilot who flies a, a 777 who just brought back the crew from overseas, understands the effects of laws of pertaining to aerodynamics, that when they try to take off with, uh, without any flaps on a hot summer day and a short runway, if they do not put proper flaps on the wings uh, and slats, that plane will not get off the ground and lives could be lost. In the same way, God established laws pertaining to the spiritual realm. It's not a series of do's and don'ts. It's just how God ordered the spiritual life to work. And we established last week that there were three... Let's go to the next slide, please. That there were three types of laws that God established. The law of sin and death, of which the righteousness... or That's how literally how law is assigned. When you hear righteousness, it's literally an assignment of how something is to function. God established the law of sin and death in the, in the Garden of Eden. And the righteousness of it, the standard of what was assigned is, righteousness is to obey God's word and live. You, can, you, you keep and hear God's word, you live. Eat of any tree in the garden and you'll live. Well, conversely... Just like if you don't obey the laws of gravity, if you jump off a, a high building and try to violate the law of gravity, you'll die. Well, if you violate, disobey God's word, you'll die in the same manner. Just a violation of a created principle. Don't think do's and don'ts. Think understanding how it is assigned to function. The second law that we introduced last week was a law that God introduced in the, in, with Moses. And all the law of Moses did was seek to bring definition to sin. And its righteousness is the external actions, blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28. If you do all the things that God has commanded, you'll be blessed. If you do not, there's curses. And we talked about last week how, y'all, if you're ever, ever in a service, do not let anybody ever pray over you, Deuteronomy 28. And we'll talk about that a little later. That is a law of Moses principle. And uh, you start trying to operate there, you can bring yourself in a place that you do not want. I cannot tell you how many persons I've had to pray in rooms like that over there in relationship to curses, in relationship to the law of Moses. It is, has a purpose, but it is not to live the Christian life by. Uh, now, there's a thing that I just said there. You've got to hear what I'm saying. Because in, in it, y'all, the righteousness is to hear is external actions, obedience to God's word. 
The forces of it is a law of fear of sin and failure. Like in Exodus 20, and we talked about that last week. So God established the law of sin and death in the garden, in the law of Moses to bring definition to what was sin. And we spin indefinitely, and you'll see it in your notes. The, second, the third thing, that the law that God established in Christ Jesus is the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus in Deuteronomy, I mean Romans chapter 8, verse 2. And its righteousness is a, is a heart of faith and love. Obedience from the heart, not external actions, is deeper. Where Jesus said in Matthew 21, you heard the ancients say, you shall not commit murder. Or you heard the ancients say, you shall not commit adultery. Both of those were external actions. But Jesus said, I say to you, if you're angry with your brother, you're guilty before the court of murder. Or he said, if you see it, look at a woman to lust after her, he committed adultery with her in her heart. That's the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the forces of it is grace and mercy. And it establishes, literally, y'all, it does not do away with the law of sin and death. It does not do away with the law of Moses. It fulfills it. So, it's not a doing away. It's just building on. And so, the thing that was in my heart today, how do we live then? What, you know, y'all, there are churches that will not even hardly open up the Old Testament. Oh, we're not under law. And to be honest with you, in that statement, they open doorways of lawlessness that brings death and destruction. And so as I've seen in the body of Christ, we're ignorant of how to live in God's laws. Like I would be ignorant in crawling in the cockpit of a 747 and trying to fly it. So you know, what in the effort in this is that God would give us revelation of how to live life understanding how God has created creation to function and what are the spiritual laws that define it. Like I told you all last week, I can sit with somebody and listen to them long enough. If I listen to them long enough and I hear the words that come out of their mouth or I start to watch what they do, I can start to predict actions that will occur in the future. There was a person real close to me that I love dearly. And, uh, and all, about six months, six weeks ago, the Lord ago, spoke speaking to my heart. This person's in trouble. The Lord, this person's in trouble. And I go to the person, I say, this is in my heart. You know, what's going on? Oh, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And the Lord starts showing me some things specifically happening in the physical. Oh, they look good on the outside. It looked religious. But then, just in the last few days, I found out the results and the reality is this death and destruction are coming into this person's life. And so here today, I want to go in more detail about how to live. Now, y'all, we got these notes before us, and I don't know how or what we're going to get of them done. But so if you're with me, feel free to ask questions because I'm not as interested in hearing my mouth run. But what I am interested in hearing some revelation from God. So, all right, the first thing we've got to deal with as a basis, is, y'all, is that we're going to ask this question. Is that we're going to notice that we're going to be on part two, okay? And what we've got to have, we've got to have a beginning point. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, is an awesome beginning point concerning the laws of God. Now, watch this statement. It looks like it's opposite. It says, we know the law, law of Moses, is good if one uses it lawfully. Realizing the fact that law is not for the righteous man, or the righteous woman, or the righteous person. Not, okay, so get this. Law is good if one uses it lawfully. But the law is not for the righteous person. What in the world are you saying? So the foundational principle that we've got to begin with is the... the uh, the latter part of the statement. The law of Moses was not made for the righteous person. Was not. Is not. So, but the question we got to ask is, which y'all all know, the answer to this question is, who's the righteous person? And so let's look. What? 
The righteous one is the one who continuously lives by faith. Now, y'all, not where you get saved. See, if somebody gets saved, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Literally, salvation is just literally a point in time where you come to the conviction that God raised Jesus from the dead and you believe that he is Lord. And you make a simple confession. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. You turn the car keys of your life over to him. You believe God raised Jesus from the dead. You'll be saved. But there is a whole other thing to leave that point and walk in an everyday manner. Every day. Every moment of every day. And what the word of God is telling us here is like it says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Y'all, it's not faith the law. Paul rebukes the Galatian Christians who said, Oh, foolish Galatians, one thing I want to find out from you. Have you who begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the works of the flesh? I watch Christians doing this. The Christian life is how dedicated or committed you can be, which has nothing, y'all, dedication or not committed, being committed is not in the New Testament. It's mentioned in the Old Testament, not in a way that, okay, Lord, I commit my life to you. It literally means to take a ball and roll it. The word commit gets used in the New American Standard one time in 6.17, Romans 6.17, which literally means to just surrender. It's used one time in King James in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse verse 12, where it says, you know, um, I'm convinced that he's able to keep that which i have it says committed to that day new american standard says entrusted which has a better translation entrusted the greek greek word there literally means to place beside see the jesus life is about living by faith now y'all know in dwelling place faith is a noun and the verbal expressions of the word of the word faith manifests itself in two ways the word trust the Hebrew word batak literally means to, to attach oneself to. You trust when you do not have a word. When you do have a word, the Hebrew word is aman. It gets translated believe. So the, all the Christian life is either trusting when you do not have a word, and you trust in his nature and character. You believe in a word when he speaks a word or about what he says Here's his word. You believe it. You make it firm in your heart. So the righteous man or woman lives a life constantly in faith. And like last week we talked about, y'all, any point in time, in fact, I should have done this. I need, uh, I need, I need the marker board. So somebody get that while I'm going on. Remember last week, and I said any point in time you put any types of standards to measure by, to perform by, you have entered into a form of law, big L or little L, and it will kill you. So, who is the righteous one? The one who lives by faith. Let's go on. And notice some other ones about who is the righteous one. The righteous one is the one who lives in love with God and others. You remember I said the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus narrows down to two things, faith and love. And look at this. Beloved, love love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves, and the Greek word there is continuous action, continuously, one who loves, loves in the morning when you wake up and you haven't slept for 36 hours. You know, why do we do the internship? Why do we tell them to show up at the, why do we tell them to show up at the church at 3 o'clock in the morning? You're going to take a date. We're going to take you to a city that you do not know. And you won't be able to... You can sleep on a bus. Uh, don't bring any money. Don't bring any, don't bring any credit cards. Don't bring debit cards. You know, don't bring anything. We're going, to, we're going to get you as sleepy as we can. Why? And then what, we, what are we doing? And you'll get home 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock at night. You know what we're trying to do? Let's put them in an environment that being sleepy, being hungry, being tired is never an excuse to cease from loving. You know what? Love is never provoked. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Y'all, it's, it's not love when we're sitting here in church. This is easy. Anybody could do this. 
love one another when the music's good, the temperature's right. How about when you haven't slept for three days and you hadn't had anything to eat? Can you love? How about when they're driving nails in your hands and putting and having it beat the snot out of you or literally beat blood out of you? Can you love? And that is the righteous man or the woman who lives, who lives a life continuously in faith and in love. Now, y'all, don't be careful that you don't all of a sudden pick that up as a standard. Because remember I said the forces of the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus, are mercy and what? Grace. Well, let's go on. Who is the righteous one? Who is the one in spirit? The one... The righteous one is the one living in the spirit, fulfilling, L-O-M, is the law of Moses. Get this passage. So that the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the verse before that. Like we said yesterday, if here, here we got these do's, don'ts of life. You know, don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. Uh, Honor your father and mother. That's a do. Uh, Love the Lord your God. Well, I put, that is Old Testament law. Um, I'm just, do's and don'ts. I was using last week. Don't smoke, don't drink. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't go to girls that do, go to church. You know, have a quiet time, memorize scripture. You know, uh, the, the things would be good, you know, share the gospel. And all of a sudden, and we'll sit here and look at these things and try to perform these things. But y'all, when I walk in the fullness of who God is, and I look here, and I just walk after him, I automatically fulfill these things. Now, it's not, a, it's not, it's sort of like I see Christians do this. Imagine this wall is sin. And that wall is walking with God. And I see Christians doing this. They go, oh, I will not sin. I will not sin. I will not sin. I'm not going to do this. And what are they doing? I will not. I will not. And God said, no, no, no. Just see the glory. Look at my glory. Oh, okay. And so you just start working for the glory. And you walk. Guess what? The more I get close to the glory, the more further I get from what? Pornography used to be a major issue in my life. The more I looked at pornography and said, I will not do pornography, I will not do pornography, guess what? The more I what? The more I did it. But when I started catching the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ and who I am in Christ Jesus, that's what you're hearing them speak. Guess what? I automatically fulfill it. I do not try to get victory over pornography. Pornography is a dead issue for me is dead I don't try not to steal it's a dead issue for me I don't try not to lie it's a dead issue I don't try to not have an affair it's a dead issue but now I can awaken it my flesh but we're not going there as a whole other issue But the one who lives in the spirit, in faith, in love with God and others, believing in him, trusting in his nature and character, automatically fulfills the righteous requirements of the law. Who is the righteous? Let's go to the next slide. Y'all, this is, I added this. Margie Harris asked a very good question last week. And I should have called the past scripture. Remember I said to you about, she asked a question, says, well, I heard a guy pastor preach and say, well, in Christ Jesus, the Lord fulfilled, uh, redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessings of the, of the, of the law may come to us. Y'all, I don't want the blessings of the law of Moses. I want the blessings of Abraham. There's a big difference between the blessings of Moses, the Mosaic law, and the blessings of Abraham. Watch this passage. Whoops. There's a passage that I missed there. Go go to the next slide. I'm sorry. I could have done that. I needed that. Look at this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Watch this, y'all. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having the curse for us. 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Now watch this, y'all. Curse, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. But then notice what it says. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Not the blessings of the law, the blessings of who? Abraham. What are the blessings of Abraham? Well, one of the basic ones is, guess what? In Romans 4.13, you inherit the earth. You inherit the earth. So y'all, we transcend the law of Moses. The law, you remember I said these laws were enacted before in creation. You know what? God established the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus before the law of Moses. When did he establish the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a curse through faith? In who did he establish it? Who? Abraham. So I don't have time to go into details of that. But it's not the Mosaic covenant we're after. It's the, it's the Abrahamic covenant that we're after, which is a covenant of faith, which is a covenant of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now let's go on. Now, what if I cannot live by faith? Y'all, when, we, when the interns come in, we put them under law. Why? Now, I say under law, I'm talking little l. And we emphasize the big L, but we specifically put them under law. <clears throat> and one of the assumptions, I'll be honest with you, when the intern comes in, is this. They cannot live by faith. An example, why do we have a drug and alcohol treatment program that where men and men will come in for 10, 10 months? 10 months, into the program, and we put them under intense law. If the law can cause all kind of crazy issues, why would we do it? Let me ask you a question. Is a diet good? Y'all, the diet is law. Is a budget good? A budget is law. And... uh in, in fact, we, with your kids, you tell your kids, don't smoke. Don't go on the road. That's a form of law. It may be little l, but it's the same thing. You know how you know? The law entices the flesh to sin. Y'all, you tell a little kid, don't touch. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. What's a lot of times going to happen? They'll touch it. I, I knew uh, I watched parents who catch revelation of how to parent their kids under this principle. Like they, one one lady in our church, she knew that her son was one. If you spoke something not to his his personality and dynamic in him, he would he would do it. They lived on a road, a very fast road. She knew if she started telling him, "Don't go on the road, don't go on the road," that's guess what? He didn't up the road. But what she started doing was like. The stove's hot. Where one son, she goes, stove's hot, don't touch it. She knew if she told him, don't touch the stove, guess what? It's hurt. So what she would do is say this, the stove is hot. It'll burn you. Do you want to touch it? Oh, no. So guess what? She spoke it in a way to try to what? Now, here's what we're after, y'all, is that budget is good but it's not the end. A diet can be good, but it's not the end. A, a, raising your children up under law is good, but it's not the end. If we don't know how to transition, we've got problems. Now let's go on. What if you cannot live by faith? Let me come over here and go to Will Works in the Region program. If Will puts these men under law, and he does not understand what he's after, he's going to kill these men. If the interns, we put them under law, and if we do not have in our mind some place to take them, then we'll kill them. We'll just set them up to fail. And y'all, to be honest with you, I have, we have done that in dwelling place. We've done it. 
And so, because we didn't understand what we were doing. And I remember one lady, one girl in our church, Miranda, Miranda Parsons. Is she here? Huh? She's in class. I'll never forget Miranda in the internship program. Miranda, you know, awesome, precious person, precious woman of God, came in the internship program, went through the program, and one of the things we'll tell the interns, don't smoke. Miranda said when she finished the internship program, she never faced the temptation to smoke like she did after she graduated from the internship program. I mean, just all of a sudden, she just felt this intense longing in her to smoke. Oh, wow. And there were some things that God was showing us about. We did not transition her out of law. Parents, I want to say this to you. You need to prepare your kids for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How do you do it? And that's what I'm praying will come some today. Now, let's go to this first statement. We're going to use 1 Timothy chapter 1 as a key passage. Okay, we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Okay, law is good if you use it lawfully. If you use it right. You, you remember now? Remember some of the characteristics I said last week of the law? It's a force. The law entices the flesh to sin. The law is a reminder of sin. The law of Moses or law is a reminder of sin. Law is a ministry of death. The law is a ministry of condemnation. Those are all scriptures, y'all, that I just quoted, paraphrased, quoted. The law is good. Why would God give it? Because you know what I see in the body of Christ doing? Oh, well, we can't do it. This is not good. We're under grace and mercy. Let's do it away with it. And we miss so much. The law is good if somebody uses it lawfully. Okay, here's the question. What's lawfully? How do you do it? How do you do it? And so let's look at some of the things in this. Now, first principle of law is this. And the law is good if one uses it lawfully. No, no, no. Let's go to the next slide in this. The law is not for the, it was not made for the righteous man. But notice what it's made for. Ungodly, the sinners for the unholy, the profane for those who kill their fathers and mothers. Uh, y'all, uh, those who kill their fathers and mothers. We look at that. Well, I, uh, my dad and mom still alive. I haven't murdered them. That's the law of Moses. Uh, by the way, y'all, what would be the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus? What? Hate them. Hate. What's hate mean, Misty? Push away. Oh, so you start pushing your parents away. Guess what? Law is for you. Let's go on. Look at this. I don't need... The immoral man. Homosexuals. Okay, homosexuals? That's what law's for. Uh, kidnappers? This word for kidnappers here, oh, that's, not a, that's not a good translation. This is a really interesting Greek word. You know what the word literally means? Man-stealer. You know the application is slavery. That is that Greek word. It's about slavery. What was America guilty of? Going to Africa, sending men to Africa to do what? Steal men and women and do what? Come and sell them as what? Slaves. That's what that Greek word's for. As kidnappers, as enslavers, and liars, and perjurers. Keep going. Go to the next slide. Okay, in other words, the law is. And literally, what, what is the law for? Law is, is a basic parameters for morality, for the man or woman in faith. Yeah, that's cool. We got a police officer in here. I love it. Got a police car outside. Yeah, you drive through a. Now, y'all, yeah, the law's out there are not to hinder us. Yeah. It's man's estimations of how things will function in order. Like, for example, you're going down a highway, and all of a sudden you see a curve. You know, see one of these information signs? Warning sign. No warning. Well, that's warning, isn't it? And then right at the bottom it says, speed limit, 25 miles an hour. You see that. You go, oh. 
Oh, they're limiting me. No, what are they saying? The curve that is there is designed that you, if you try to go 55 around 25, you will have a what? Strong possibility of wrecking. Now, it's just a baseline for society of how it functions. You go to a society, <laughs> go, to a, <clears throat> go to Damascus, Syria. Driven in Damascus before? Have you been? I know you've been to Damascus. Have you driven a car there? Driving? I, I've never driven there. I don't have enough guts. There are no traffic laws in, in Damascus that I know of. I mean, you've got a, you got a, a one-lane road, two-lane road. That's really a four-lane highway. Stop signs. No, 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 you don't stop. That's just... You know, red lights, nah, nah. When we were in Beirut, you got a major, you got a major highway and a ma- an intersection come. They drive, their whole deal is, their mindset is, they're not driving. There's a red light. That's just a suggestion. That don't mean stop. That means just go faster. So, no, they just pull into the intersection. I mean, it just goes, well, you drive defensively over there. I mean, I'm not a good enough driver to drive over there. And I look and I think in America and I'm going, law, what's the difference between, like, Damascus and America? Well, we've got traffic laws. Is that, a, is that a negative? No. What? It just provides order of how function, things function. So the first, the baseline. You know, is so uh, homosexuality. It's interesting to me, homosexuality. God's saying, you know, uh, you're created in a manner not for a man to lie with a man or a woman with a woman. I didn't create you that way. That's not to limit. It's just telling you how creation has God has created it to function and bring life. So, so first thing is, and so, and, and so, now, that's first principle about it. And uh, now, I want you all to go with me to Matthew chapter 19. Now, when we start talking about this law, the first principle is it's just a baseline to supply moral parameters for society. Y'all, let me ask you a question. In America, ah, we're America, land of the free, democracy. You know, I, I was raised up, oh, yeah, every country in the world should be a democracy. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask, I'm a curious question here. No, I don't want to ask the question. I'm going to ask the question, but I'm not going to have you raise your hands. Should every country in the world be a democracy? I'll say this. What we were finding out when we went and uh, helped Haiti about 15 years ago, I think it was during the Clinton administration, we went in there and tried to help it establish a democracy. You know what the thing we found out? We're finding out to establish a democracy, you have to have a baseline of morality. If you do not have a baseline of morality, it will not work. And some, some, you know, y'all, a monarchy is not ungodly. In fact, guess what? Is Jesus going to be a democracy? I don't think so. There's no voting when Jesus is the king. He's it. I believe in democracy, and I think it's good when you have a moral and a just society. And I bless God that God granted our forefathers in this country the wisdom that they ordered our our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence after the Word of God, which provided a baseline of morality for which a democracy can function. But here's the warning, y'all. What we have a tendency to do in America, because we believe in so much in a democracy, let's form laws that will affect people's hearts. Oh, we've got people murdering, so let's put stricter gun control. Okay, right. We do away with guns. Nobody will be murdered. Right? No, they'll use a knife. They'll use a bomb. Oh, let's outlaw bombs. Okay, well, they'll use 
Ammonia nitrate, fertilizer. Oh, okay, well, it's outlaw drugs. Oh, it's bad. We need to put more laws. Well, they'll just turn, take Sudafed and use it and make drugs. Because watch this, y'all. The law, notice what it cannot do. Jesus is talking about divorce. And he says something here that we need to extract. In, in Matthew chapter 19. Watch this. The Pharisees had asked Jesus, Ah, can you divorce a man, divorce his woman? Divorce a woman. And, uh, you know, in verse 3, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? And, he, and Jesus says, Have you not read that he, he who created them from the beginning made them male and female for this cause? A man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, two shall become flesh. No longer two, the two but one. But notice in verse 7, they said to him, why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? Yo, Moses gave the right for a man to send his wife away. And they're asking this, why can you do why did Moses do this? Notice he said not law. But he Moses gave this right. Notice Jesus' response. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce. You know the application in that, y'all? The law of Moses, a law can law of Moses or the law of sin and death cannot change the heart. Laws cannot change the heart. Remember I said the law of Moses is an external act. It deals with external actions. But the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the heart. We're not after in this church to put big laws on people to have them obey. External. You know what we're after? The heart. So, first principle is very important. And you look at your notes going, Sizemore, you've got better hurry. You've got ten minutes. But the first principle about the law of Moses is it's a baseline for society. Now, how about your kids? I mean, to teach your kids, okay? There's a baseline of morality. Now, let me ask a question. You got a kid in the church. Don't run in the church. If you tell them, don't run in the church. You stop there, guess what? You'll kill them. You'll kill them. Because that's an external action. And we've got to transition them to where? Where we want to get people? To the law of what? Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what? The heart. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The actions of the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus are what? Faith and love. So what would I tell a kid not to run in the church? It's got to do, have to do with faith and love. What would I want to tell them not to run in the church? Huh? Because what? You could run into somebody and hurt somebody. Pardon me? No. Well, you, well you're trying to communicate to them you want to love somebody together that you want to protect. Why is it... Why is it, y'all, you go through a neighborhood and you see a speed limit 25 miles an hour in a neighborhood. I can see that and go, oh, they're trying to restrict me. But what's trying to happen? Protecting what? Kids. Y'all, I've got speeding tickets. When I stop and got a speeding ticket, you know my first response to the officer? I'm sorry you had to stop me. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not trying to talk him out of it. He's doing his job. I'm the one that lost sight of focus and lost the heart of what's going on because it's a baseline. Uh, the law is good if one uses it lawfully. It's a baseline for society, moral, moral parameters. Now, let's go on. We've got to get deeper and deeper quick, and we've got to get out quick. I'm cramming two weeks of teaching and six to, 16 weeks of teaching in two small classes 
whatever this is. We're church. Sunny, this is living room. We're church, what? Ron calls this the living room. This is how I see this. All right, now notice the second principle of the law of Moses. Now, when you see the Old Testament law, get this. I'm sorry, go back. Is there another one back before this? Yeah. The law is law since it is only a shadow of the things to come, good things to come, not the very form. Look at this in second class. I mean, second class. Look in first Colossians here, yeah. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge regarding to food or drink or in respect to a festival or new moon or Sabbath day. Things which were a mere shadow, but the substance belongs to Christ. Okay, the second principle, you, when you read the Old Testament law, you have to realize this. The law is a shadow. The law is a shadow. It's a type. And notice, go to the next slide. Notice this, it calls it. It says, our fathers were under... I'm sorry. It's always a shadow. A shadow of things to come. Shadow of Jesus. Shadow of things in heaven. A shadow of how to live. A shadow of what is faith. It's always a shadow. Y'all, hear this. It's not the form and it's not the substance. Example. And I don't have time to go into this detail. Is the, the Passover... It says this in Exodus chapter 12. You shall celebrate this feast perpetually, forever. The Sabbath, you will celebrate it forever. Okay, is the word of God true? But it says you're going to celebrate the, the, the Sabbath forever. Uh, where are you at today? What day is today? Huh? Sunday. Uh, guess what, y'all? This is not the Sabbath. Uh, if you want to keep the law, you better keep the law yesterday. Because yesterday was the Sabbath, not Sunday. Sunday's the first day of the week. The law is a shadow. It's the not. It's not the form. And it's not the substance. What is the Sabbath? I mean, God commanded in the Old Testament to keep it forever. How do I deal with it? What's a shadow of? Hebrews chapter 2, 4, verse 3 says, He who believes, it's talking about Sabbath rest. He who believes enters his rest as he also ceased, as he has ceased from his own. He who enters his rest, in 4.10 says, has ceased from his own labors. So y'all, the Sabbath is a shadow. The Old Testament preaching on Sabbath is a shadow of a life of what? Rest. Through what? Faith. What if I'm not in rest, y'all? That's what I'm violating, the Sabbath. The feast regarding of unleavened bread. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says this. Let's celebrate the feast of unleavened bread. He says that. Was he calling them to get together and, and celebrate the feast as they did in the Old Covenant? No. You know what he was talking about? Dealing with sin in your midst. Put away greed and malice and envy from among you. So what is he talking about? Dealing the type of feast of the unleavened bread is dealing with sin. There's always a type of the law. Jesus did this. Now, I want you to spoke. Let me test you here, okay? Let's get this. Law of Moses focused on what? Externals. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus focuses on what? A heart. Now hear this. Jesus was bridging people from the law of Moses into the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he's tricky in, not, in a good sense. You know what he did? He told the, the hordes of people that were following him, you know, after they had been feeding four and 5,000 people, he told them, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you drink my blood, 
and eat my flesh, you will have no part in me. Dude, these are Jews. Cannibalism is not a cool thing. And, and Jesus drops this bomb on them in John 6. And guess what? And so guess what he did? He let it sit a little bit. And a few minutes later he goes, uh, paraphrase, he says, uh, does this uh, statement trouble you? They go, yeah, this is difficult. They said many stopped following him after that. And you know, Jesus said a little sit, sit a little bit longer, and John 6.63 says this to him. Now, no, let me back off. Let me pause that real quick. Law, spirit, of life in Christ Jesus is the law of the heart. But it's a law in the spirit. That's why it says the law of the what? Help me. Jesus enacted. The law of the what? Spirit of life. Spirit of life. Get this. Get what Jesus said. Ah. The words that I have spoken to you. Oh, he says this. No, I'm sorry. The flesh profits nothing. The externals profit nothing. But the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. Oh, Jesus said, if your hand causes you to stumble, what? Cut it off. If your eye causes you to stumble, what? Pluck it out. Okay. Men, hold your hands up, please. Hands up. Two hands, please, all of them. Let's see here. Okay, either we got a bunch of liars... Or y'all do not believe the word of God is true. Do you believe the word of God is true? Has your hand caused you to stumble before, Pat? Got two hands. Either Pat's not obeying the word of God or Pat understands something. Maybe you just didn't do it. But what was Jesus talking about when cut off your hand? That's in the what? Spirit. It's in the heart. Consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does death mean? Separate. Dead to sin. He's talking about a thing in the heart, of separating your heart, being dead to sin. See, the law is a shadow, not the substance. Let's go on. Keep going. I've got no, no time left. Keep going. I'm sorry. I, did, I deleted this. Uh, never mind. Go one more. I think I'll get this one. No? Keep going. These are all good points. You got the notes. Uh, three. I want to speak this one real quick to you. You know what the law does? We talked about this already, but you've got to understand this. Law gives us a knowledge of sin. Because of the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for the law comes the knowledge of sin. Okay, I've got to speak this to you so you'll understand something. And you may already understand, I'm not trying to speak down on you. But, y'all, anytime you establish a law as a leader, as a parent, you've got to be thinking the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the goal. Christ is the end of the law. Okay? The law, y'all, a parenting having your kids adhere to a certain kind of rules is not life. It is death. Externally. But having something birthed in their heart that exercises faith and love, loving God and loving people, that's life. And like I said, if you're loving and believing God, you'll fulfill all of this. But the law did two things. One, it told us what sin is. Don't commit adultery. You know, homosexuality. Let's, let's just focus on those. Adultery and homosexuality. Those are two Levitical laws, Mosaic laws. They get repeated in the New Testament. But now, y'all, if I'm worried about the external actions... I'll mess up. Remember now, anytime you're speaking a law, you've got to think beyond it. 
because go to the next slide, comes to knowledge of sin, what is sin, but two, it, guess what? While we are in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our bodies bearing fruit for death. The law came so that transgression would increase. That's crazy. Law came so that transgression would increase. Y'all, be honest with you. When we establish law on the interns, you know what we do many times? We cause transgression to increase. Caleb testified this morning he was suffering from CRI. But you know, before Caleb came here, he looked good on the outside. Oh, he was doing all the right things. But you know what happened was? We came in here and we put some things on him. And you know what started happening? Crap started coming up. See, here's, here's, the, here's what you've got to realize. You've got to understand that the law gives knowledge of sin. You know what Romans, 1 Corinthians 15? It says, the law is the power of sin. That's what it says. It's the power of sin. Paul asked the question in Romans 7. Oh, is, is the law bad? No. But he goes on to tell you what happens is, is when you say don't or do, here comes the test. Now, watch this. Here's a, here's, here's a person, and here I am. Okay? And I tell them, don't. I tell them, don't. What I want to know, and I want to ask the Lord for wisdom in the Spirit, me speaking this this thing to them is going to cause them to go in a particular direction. Usually opposite, really what I should have done, opposite of where I want them to go. Now there's three things in this I want to speak to you. What I want to know is when I, when I say don't or do, I want to be standing right here when they get to that direction. In other words, I want to already know where they're going to go. Most of the, Paul made this statement in 1 Corinthians. He said, he, he just, it literally, this is a paraphrase of it. He made some kind of foolish command and he said this, I was going to test you and see if you could be obedient in all things. It was a test. And so what I'll do is, is there's times, y'all, that I will speak something to the interns that is foolish just to speak it to them. And then what I want to do is, what? I, after I speak it, I want to be standing where they're at. I'm not going to be surprised. If they disobey it, I won't be surprised. But you know my next thing is, y'all? What I want to do is do this. I want to deal with what? The reason why. I want to know why he did it. Remember last week I told y'all that when we told we tell the interns we're going on a trip, don't take cash, don't take debit cards, don't take your credit cards, don't take your cell phones. All of a sudden, okay, that's on a Saturday. On Saturday, on Monday morning, guess what? I mean, not Monday morning. I mean, next time we have class, I go, okay, how many of y'all took cash? How many of you took debit cards? And about half and half and half. You know, either we're doing a terrible job of, quote, teaching them how to obey law, or we cause, we cause all kind of stuff. But you know what happened? Then we started saying to them, why? And you know what happened? Like I told you all last week, I think. One of the young men that was sitting in that group, and we said that. You know what? He was an orphan. He couldn't trust authority. So we went for the why. And you know what? We dealt with the authority issue. You know what? Next time, guess what? He could do what? Obedience was okay. It's obedience from the heart, not some external circumstance. Remember last week I told you there's three groups of people that you, when I say something to them to keep in relationship to a law, I'll see the compliant, I'll see the Pharisee, I'll see the rebellious, 
or whatever the issue is in relationship to it, and I'll see the person that when I say do it, they don't even think about it. They don't even think about it. I mean, and that's the person I know that arrived. You know, like this, for example. You know, I need to take a diet. In fact, I am in the process of that. God has convicted me about flesh patterns of eating. The Lord's showing me stuff. Thank God through Misty Keene spoke something. So I need to take a diet. The diet is a form of law. But y'all, I want to say this to y'all. If you start dieting with not, with a, uh, without the fullness of coming out of the, into the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you know what will happen? Tulio, can I pick on you? I watched Tammy and Tulio. I'm going to reveal some crap in you, bro. Sorry, we're just, this is family here. But I watched Tammy and Tulio lose massive amount of weight. Did you not? I, I, crazy thing was, I lost a lot of weight about a year ago on diet. But you know what? I did not transition out of the law of Moses because you know what will happen as soon as I got off the diet? What? You go out to eating, and you know what you'll do? You will gain more weight than you did, than you lost a lot of times. And what will happen is you will not transition out of that law into it. You know what God's really convicting me is that you'll use diet as a form of law. But I've got to transition to where, guess what? That I have knowledge of revelation of how my body functions so that it's just, I'm functioning according to not. Tom Burby does not need a diet. He don't need a diet. He just what? He eats right. You go and look at his refrigerator in his, in his office. There's yogurt. I mean, my dad, you don't need to put my dad on a budget. You know, you don't need to. You know why? He transitions to where he spends money out of the heart. And he don't waste money. Mitch Simonis. He don't need a budget. He needs a budget to spend money. The budget is written in Mitch's heart. Eating right is in Tom Burby's heart. What's the difference between me and Tom Burby? Donuts are written in my heart. (laughs) If it's sweet, kill it by eating it. (laughs) And it's time to close shop. And I didn't even begin this thing. You got the rest of the notes. I think, I, what did I just get to number three? Yeah. And I, y'all, I wish we could sit around a table and just talk about this. But I want you to realize something. And I ask you to search this out. Understand the three levels of law. But y'all, if you're in leadership, if you're a parent, understand. Don't just put, tell something to tell something. Now, y'all, there is a... Hear what I'm saying. Okay, I say, uh, I say, Danny, do this. You know, and you've heard this statement, well, just do it because, what I, because I said it. Is that ever viable? Is that ever a viable statement? To tell a kid, you need to do it just because I said it? Is that ever a viable statement? Yeah, it is. You know Why? Because what if I'm standing on a highway and all of a sudden Shay's, Shay was a little kid and he's going to run out in the road? Do I have time to go, Shay, Harketh, stop because you're going about to get hit by a car? No. I want him to be at the point and going, okay, if Dad says something, poof. See, at point in time, that may be enough. But, then, but there, it has to go deeper that he trusts authority, that he knows there's a viability and importance of being obedient from the what? Heart. 
So there, you know, I could twist things all day long. I've been doing it for 33 years, y'all, and trying to understand. So I'm sorry, y'all, we went long, but and probably I will not get a chance to preach to y'all for a long time about this issue. And so, anyway, well, let me pray over y'all. My heart was that we just understand how to live. Some of y'all got those looks on your face like going, Sizemore, this is crazy stuff. But let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, we pray for revelation, fullness of revelation, Lord. Fullness of revelation of how to live, Lord. First off, Lord, do we catch your heart? Lord, that you have given and you have created creation and you've ordered it in a way that, Lord, that uh, it's very ordered. And, Lord, you have put law as uh, the ordering. And, Lord, give us understanding of the ordering that you have done, that we may live and be blessed and prosper and, Lord, not experience death and destruction and not fight against it. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all.